I think really test your idea uh, before making the leap. Uh, I think you know the surrounding yourself with really good mentors is the other piece. So attending things like Morning Startup, listening to podcasts like Startup West, uh, having that constant influx of advice and opinion, and then laying your own filter over the top. Welcome to Startup West, the podcast about building scalable tech startups in sunny West Australia. My name's Charlie Gunningham. And I'm Beth Cornelia. And today we are talking with Nate Sturk, founder of Soma, Skills of the Modern Age. He's often seen running Startup Weekends. And last year, he won the Startup News Startup Community Person of the Year Award. And that was very well deserved. Well deserved. Fantastic guy, as you'll hear. Welcome to Startup West, Nate. Hello, how are you? <laughs> nice of you to be here. Good yeah, to see your so. smiley Thank face. You thanks for having me. You're welcome. Now, to start with, we're going to talk about skills of the modern age, which will be forever known as SOMA from yes. here on. Yes, in. that's exactly it. So tell us what SOMA is all about. Yeah, so uh, SOMA was actually a combination of um, many of my passions working in the entrepreneurship uh, ecosystem and then, uh, sorry, prior to that, working at RAC in innovation. So yeah. kind of combine those passions you know, around, uh, I think it was August 2017, God. started to play with this two idea. Years ago. It was two years wow. ago when we started testing the brand. So the idea was uh, we know that work's really uncertain in the future, that mm. all organisations are really struggling to keep up with the pace. As a, an employee, there's so many new things to learn. And so my mm. whole thesis of uh, Skills of My Nature was how do we help people embrace this idea of lifelong learning? Uh, and so we've started running some events, uh, started running some workshops, and then about a year ago, it was actually April 2018, I went full-time in the business. All right. So you were working at Health Engine? Yeah, I was at Health Engine then. At so, that time, yeah. and then you went full-time? Yeah, yeah, while I was starting up. So I sp- kind of had this incubation period for about nine months where I was kind of testing the brand, testing the idea, running the events, mm-hmm. running the workshops. And so stuff. who are your customers? We've got lots of different customers. So we've gone so Good. wide over uh, over the last two years. So we started just running community lunches, uh, running workshops. And so those people we didn't need design, uh, people interested in innovation design. So we'd get um, some corporate attendees, some startups, and we'd get some members of the design community. Uh, now we've got a whole bunch of boot camps that we're now offering in Perth and actually just launched in Brisbane and uh, Melbourne, which is exciting. Wow. Fantastic. Uh, and we've got some tech products, so they have their own customers. So we've got uh, a platform called CX Plus, which is our journey mapping tool. We've also got Skills Social, which is a blending learning management system. And so we've got lots of different types of customers uh, and lots of... Uh, so corporates, of, government, yeah, individuals? Yeah, I mean, we've worked with Bankwest, Watercourt, Western Power, Department of finance uh we've got land court we're working with west farms tomorrow Bankwest on wednesday uh, and then some of the universities wow. as well so we work with curtin and UWA. so you go into bespoke innovation future thinking type skill yeah, yeah. so if you think about the way we think about our offering we have our kind of public skills programs we have our workshops and we have our, our events and boot camps anyone can attend that from any walks of life mm. we get lots of corporates uh, lots of small business owners as well mm. and then quite often we get engaged to run transformation programs or innovation programs so is this all um, part of the corporates. plan two years ago or is it sort of gone in well interesting unexpected directions in, uh, it's definitely been emergent so we're kind of pulling at the thread however it's always been this idea of skills tools and jobs so yeah. um, starting with in-person workshops um, tacking on tools and other things that add value and create additional value for the company and capture some value. So it always was this idea of starting with workshops, starting with training, um, but then over time building up to this transformation program. So what's um, uh, what's next? What are you doing next, Nate? 
the next six months so is going to be embedding. So right. we've had about three and a half thousand people through our programs since April last year. So hmm. it's been like big and we've hmm. tried lots of different things. Uh, we now think we've got a good uh, kind of uh, menu of services and it's now about embedding them, improving and iterating on those. And if you're opening them in Brisbane? Yeah, and Brisbane, Melbourne, and we've got Sydney Dream Summer. So you must have people on the ground there, or are you flying there? Uh, we're flying, this? but the ultimate aim is our model is uh, really a subcontractor or a community network model. So yeah. we've got two members of the team, a marketing person and Matt Askell's program manager. Uh, and so we actually partner with facilitators for some of the um, specialist subjects. So things like service design, we have Nick Lee from Bankwest on mm. Wednesday, as uh, so Wednesday next week, who's running that service design workshop with us. We've had Jethro Circum, uh, Jonathan Stone, guys, are guys that really kind of get this space and are yep. passionate about this space. We partner with to run some of our. So workshops. there's obviously a real demand. And were you doing this as a kid? Like, were you a teacher? <laughs> were you running things no, at school? No, not really. Debating team? No, debating team. School captain? I wasn't a theatre te- theater kid either. No. Or like that, no. <laughs> Although I can be quite theatrical, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> because you've been, I mean, I saw you first probably at a startup weekend. Yeah. Seed Spark, RAC yeah, Seed Spark. Yeah, that was probably the, the, the thing that got, I think the, the first tech thing I ever did in that ecosystem was I attended uh, Hack the Festival, which was an art-based hackathon run by City of Perth, I think it was, yes. right. years and years ago. And that was the first tech thing I kind of ever really did, uh, like in the in the community. Mm. But I've always been interested in, in coding. Like I've been a self-taught coder for the last 10 years and uh. always at night would go home and muck around with code, even though I was doing sometimes quite boring corporate jobs. So, so I've always been interested in that sort of stuff. So well, take us back. What were those? How did you get started in the workforce? What were those boring corporate jobs? Uh, well, so, you know, as we are talking about before, my history is I, I went to university, wasn't quite right, went travelling away for a year, uh, came back, started selling insurance in the contact centre at RSC. Did you? And I was, you know, very wispy moustache back then, uh, much worse haircut. <laughs> Uh, and from there, I got the opportunity to, to kind of play around a lot. I was given a lot of opportunities at RAC, including them sponsoring my undergrad and my grad cert. Mm-hmm. And over the 10 years that I was there, I worked in change management, training, special projects. Uh, I used to run a learning and development team. Mm-hmm. And then I got to stand up the innovation function with Erica, who was my leader for a number of years. And there. Perth born and raised? Perth born and raised. Big family, so, yeah. brothers and sisters? Older sister, younger brother. Middle child right. syndrome. Oh. To the oh, you're the cheeky one. <laughs> yeah, and which is <laughs> the, the difficult one. Yeah, the definitely. The black sheep. <laughs> and which suburb? What, what area? Uh, north of the river, so Jinnalup. Yeah. Up in Jinnalup, right? Up in with all the ponds. Yeah, I remember all, yeah, all the ponds. I went to Ocean Reef High School, so uh, I was about the only Aussie. All right, uh, mate, how you doing? Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> so we used to play soccer uh, rather than football soccer, at lunchtime, even though I used to play footy quite a bit as well. Right, very good. So, yeah. so talk us through what it was like bringing innovation to RAC, because it mm. sounds like you were part of quite a transformative kind of experience at, like, for for the company there. And they're yeah. well known for their innovation. Yeah, right? they yeah. are. Yeah. So when uh, so I was working in change management training, I was the manager of change and learning, which was a funny title, uh, and I got the opportunity to move into the innovation function at its kind of nascent stage or when it was first um, being born. And so I was working just myself and Erica Haddon, who was the exec at the time, mm-hmm. uh, and we really got to play around in that space and, and test uh, lots of different things over that four-year period. So we stood up a, uh, an ideation platform using MindJet Spigot, 
Uh, we did training days, design thinking workshops, design sprints before they were called design sprints, uh, and a whole bunch of different things. Um, and really, we had the freedom of, of testing and learning. And of course, um, many of those things failed as well. But over time, we built up. They now have a venture arm with Better Labs, which is part of the work that yes. we started years ago. Uh, we've got a product uh, incubation function, which I used to manage. So I used to run little startups within the mothership of RAC. Got to work out of Wolf Lane Innovation Hub, uh, which was above Cheeky Sparrow Pub, uh, which is always dangerous because you had to walk past the, yes. past the, uh, the taps every afternoon. <laughs> yes. yeah. so, so there must have been somebody, whether it was Terry Agnew or somebody, who was saying, we have to go in a different direction. Yeah. We're going to get a little skunk work group down there, yeah. little co-working space off Murray Street, and you guys are going to be innovation, and we're going yeah. to take it seriously. Yeah, so the RSC is very lucky that it has a very strong brand, a very strong mm. balance sheet, and a really supportive executive um, and leadership team. So the council and the board were constantly pushing the, the management team to um, to innovate, mm. and that's where the innovation function really was born from, through Terry's passion yeah. and through the passion of the council to actually serve West Australians better. Through so the I think mission. 90% of the income is still insurance and roadside assist? Uh, we'd be ro- it would be insurance, like less roadside assistance, I would imagine. Right. I don't, I've been out of the game a couple of years at RAC. And they realise that the A for in RAC stands for something that we may not have yeah. Those cars like that, they'll be self-driving cars exactly or whatever it. in the future, yeah. autonomous cars. They'll if you look at their diversification strategy, they looked at parks and resorts, which is mm. fantastic. I had an opportunity to go down to Cary Valley and stay at one of the resorts recently. And that's part of the adding value to members, but also mm. uh, future-proofing the business. Which is why they've done Battle Labs, which was a previous yeah. edition of podcast, I think, just a couple ago, yeah. was Derek yes, Girard. Derek. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we, we were very fortunate. We got to stand up those six innovation domains that Battle Labs now invest in. That was some of the work we did. And then you, was, so you went to that hackathon. And this is while you were at RAC. And yeah. then you started being drawn into the startup community, into Space Cube, into Startup Weekends. Yeah, I attended a Startup Weekend many years ago. We worked yeah. on what uh, is an absolute rubbish idea, which was sharing of uh, of sports equipment. You know, everyone liked that, that <laughs> yeah. Uber for sports equipment. Of course. Um, but that was a really formative experience. You didn't as well. place in the top three? I, no, we did actually. We got second. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember it was Lisa Scafidi was there, one of the judges that time. So <laughs> right, right, right. A photo floating around. Um, but that was quite formative and got to meet yeah. people like Sam Birmingham and, um, and Marcus. And Brody and, and, and all those Brody, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really the most probably the, uh, the the clincher point for me was when I ran RAC Seed Spark. That was yes. the thing that got me meeting with Brody, got me meeting with mentors. People and that like was the Sam first tech accelerator. That was the first mm-hmm. seed funded accelerator here in Perth. Yeah, so it was run twice. I think we did about $150,000 over two cohorts. So super small amount of money. But back then I was like, that's a lot of money to do businesses. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a large, large amount of the work done by Brody and my old leader, Jamin, uh, who did some fantastic Well, I remember Jason O'Neill with Today We Learned. Yeah, Today I, we learned. Loved I loved Today Trace, We Learned. Yeah. I thought that was so good. Didn't yeah. kick on, but... Yeah, there's still plenty of people that went through that program, like Karis uh, um, from Care Collective, Felicity okay. as well. Uh, there's plenty of people that were part of RACC Spike that are still not necessarily working on the same ideas, but definitely. Um, and I was a business user then, so it was about 2015, was that? 2016? Uh, yeah, 2015, 2016, I think. Maybe 2016. And then Amcom and then Vocus Upstart came the yes, year after, right. and we've had a few more accelerators, yeah, of course. Exactly. Yeah. So, what prompted the move to Soma? What kind of gave you mm. that, ah, that's what I want to do next? Yeah. I think, you know, I really loved my time at Health Engine. I got to, uh, I was working the product marketing team, so I got to combine the the background of corporate innovation with how a large startup like Health Engine runs. And so it was interesting to see that the dichotomy. Uh, really, 
the 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 moment in time or moment in truth came, I actually applied for the plus eight accelerator program, which many people <laughs> don't actually know. And really? so I attended the boot camp and I uh, was interviewed by Tim Brewer, who was EIR at the time, mm. and I didn't actually get in. No. But I got a call from Tim the same day. He's like, oh, Brody wants to have a chat to you about something. And so that was where – so Brody's, Brody and SpaceCubed are an investor in SOMA. They put a small amount of change in as a result of that plus eight application. Okay. Uh, and we've been partners. But then for a number of years and other things, but that formalised And you went through Founder Institute, didn't you? I went it was almost founders. like a forerunner idea yeah, of yeah. SOMA. So Skill Social, which is a That's brand right. we're now reusing for our blended learning management system. So Skill Social is a marketplace for creative workshops – Horrible idea. Uh, there's a there's a successful uh, player in the space now called We Teach Me, but the lady commission model out of Melbourne. Yeah, that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they were on Shark Tank and everything. Mm. Uh, very tough model to make work, and mm. certainly wasn't right for where I was in my journey, in my experience. But it was almost like a forerunner. It was a similar idea to. Well, it's it's still around lifelong learning, Sorry. which has mm. always been a passion mm. of mine. It's, you know, the ability to be able to change and add new skills and constantly uh, adapt and reinvent yourself. I think they're all they'll always be the thread that runs through all of the, the stuff. So, if you're on. meeting people from overseas at a cocktail party, which I'm sure you do yeah. often. No. On the circuit, <laughs> <laughs> and they say, "Tell me about the Perth startup scene. How would yeah. you describe it? You've seen it evolve yeah. over the last few years." I would say, I would say it's still evolving. Right. I think it's slowing down a little bit. I think the kind of the you know you look at the hype cycle of so things stabilizing. Uh, I don't know if I'd use the word stabilizing. I think you know it reached kind of peak hype a couple of years ago. There were a number of accelerated programs. I think it's in a good, solid place. There is plenty of stuff happening and there's a really strong community of um, awesome stuff happening out of Perth, like Bamboo, which I know I think you guys might have interviewed, Mm. Uh, Tim Brewer Startup Functionally. There's a whole bunch of really quite cool ideas happening here. Um, But I think it's still, still trying to figure out what it's trying to be. Mm. What what does the startup ecosystem need to be here in Perth? What what do you think it needs? Um, Time. Probably. Right. Time is probably the big thing. I'm impatient. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, we're on the right trajectory. I think, okay. you know, collaboration between organisations uh, like corporates and yep. startups is increasing, um, which is good to see. Tankstream Labs just announced a partnership with Fortescue Metal Groups, which is pretty cool. Hmm. Um, I think, you know, I think it's time. I think it's patience and I think it's, you know, continue to push in the direction that we're going. So yeah. what advice would you give to other startup founders that are looking to start out or, or early on in their journey? I know you are as yeah. well, but, yeah. you, but you've been around this for a long time, yeah. so I think you have the benefit of that, that experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think, uh, I think you know, test, testing their idea before you make the leap is really, really important. I think many people push you uh, to go full-time go full on your time, startup yeah, and you're, or not, you're, not, you're not a serious founder, yeah. which is not true. I think, you know, yeah. this idea of a portfolio career where you can be working your full-time job and many corporates are having greater flexibility in that respect. So I think really test your idea uh, before making the leap. Uh, I think, you know, the surrounding yourself with really good mentors is the other mm-hmm. piece. So attending things like Morning Startup, listening to podcasts like Startup West, uh, having that constant influx of advice and opinion and then laying your own filter over the top of reading startup news obviously reading startup news that's exactly (laughs) got to be done giving us all the plugs thanks (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i think it's it's tough like this startup journey is such a cliche to say how hard it is but it is super Mm. tough and you you see most uh startups 
don't necessarily have the grid or perseverance. And that's probably the, the final thing I would say is yeah. grit the teeth through the, uh, the tough times. And who do you admire amongst the startup scene, either as a company, you've mentioned functionally, health engine, bamboo, or as a person? Yeah, in the startup ecosystem. Mm, here in WA. I definitely think Space Cube's doing some cool stuff. Like I'm loving working with Brody and Chandra. Uh, Chandra's yep. a bit of not, not many people – uh, I don't know many people know Chandra, but he's mm. not kind of the face of Space He's Cube, not, he's but he's actually fantastic. doing some great yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm really excited to see uh, the awesome work that programs like She Codes is doing, oh, supported phenomenal. through Space Cube. Yeah. I don't think people realise okay, how much they actually support stuff without a commercial interest mm. all the time, um, and that's probably un, unrecognised sometimes. So I think, you know, I, I know I flagged the Space Cube, mm. I flagged mm. the Space Cube banner pretty pretty high because I think they are doing some great stuff. They are, and they're a sponsor of startup. Oh, there we go. Yes. We love them as well. Like my 50 we love like <laughs> Yeah. What about some startup companies that are coming out that you, maybe we haven't heard of yet that are emerging that you think, ooh, I'm going to watch them. They look interesting. Yeah, I think I mentioned Tim Brewers functionally. They're yes. doing some cool stuff. So Damien Bromanis, who's now in London, he's one of the co-founders there. I really love uh, Michael Momsen's energy. Have you probably met him before from Rated? So yeah, yeah. they've uh, just done a five million raise, haven't they? Uh, yeah, US yeah, five million. Yeah. yeah, nice. I think you know, there's lots of early stage and mid stage stuff that's happening, um, and yeah, and there's more. I, I really admire the work that VGW and Health Engine have done in staying mm-hmm. in Perth and making yes. sure that there's a, a representation of larger startups that have. And got some serious runs on the board, and I think that's really important that those don't float overseas or float uh, over east. Over east. That's mm. right. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, gritting your teeth and getting through it a second ago, but what do you do to get away from it? Because it can be quite <laughs> an, it can be quite an all-consuming yeah. thing. This world. I don't think I don't think I think work-life balance is a bit of a fallacy. Yeah. Like I think mm. you don't necessarily need to have work-life balance if you're doing what Enjoying you want it. to do. Yeah. I think that's the key bit: enjoy, not endure. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. need to be uh, you need to be taking moments, and I'm not very good at this. Taking stock of the good moments, yes. and so when you uh, get to those tough moments, you can. But you get away. You travel. You go down south. You yeah, yeah. So we're you know we're running our own business. You're always on. You're always thinking about something sure. doing it. But Chloe and I like to uh, like to get away as much as we can. Try to do a bit of remote work every year. Go to Bali. Um, mm. Go down south, and you know try to. Um, Try to have the the headspace and the time away from always doing busy. Being busy is not a good thing. Absolutely. To be. Okay, fantastic to hear about the growth of Soma and Thank your you. and your background and your story. Thanks for sharing that. No I'm very excited to see what uh, the future holds for yeah. you. And we great. You said your voice is nasally. It's not. It's a lovely voice. I've been told my voice is like voice. Fran Drescher. Oh so my gosh! Who yeah. told you that? It was me. But <laughs> <laughs> you should stop listening to yourself. You say horrible things about yourself. Mate. All right. Well, we're going to finish with a rapid quickfire round. So single most important factor that makes a successful startup. Definitely grit. Grit. Do you believe in outsourcing or insourcing? A mixture of both. Should a startup self-fund or raise money? Self-fund always. Beautiful. If you can, even though I've raised a bit. So that's that's a bit of a fallacy. (laughs) Uh, PC or Mac? Definitely Mac. Are you red or white? I don't know what that means. I saw that question. I was like, wine? Yeah. Oh, wine. Okay. No, beer. IPA. Well, I, oh, didn't beer. I didn't even think wine, no. honestly. Some people immediately Scary. go for the alcohol no, and other people I was think like, colours? No, IPA. Okay. The third option. There you go. Yeah, or, or a Nipa. You're a beer man. Yeah. <laughs> and what podcast do you listen to? Oh, I love a good podcast, uh, uh, switching or um, sharing uh, with, with strangers. So my favourite one is the Reid Hoffman Masters of Scale. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Sure. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Nate. 
Thank you so much, and thank you for hosting for 25 episodes. Thank uh, you. It's been a pleasure. And thanks, and we want to wish you and Soma all the best for the future. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we want to thank our sponsors. So the Startup West podcast is produced by Startup News, and it's made possible by the support from IP Lawyers Raised, uh, Space Cubed Co-working Spaces, Curtin University, and BDO Accounting. So we record this podcast at Rift Studios in beautiful downtown Perth, Western Australia. And we've just heard this is the last podcast that Beth and I will do. So, um, Beth... I want to wish you all the best on your move over to Melbourne, but you're not going to be completely leaving us because you're going to be back for West Tech Fest. I will be. I think. You're still going to be working for V-Rock a little bit over there. I am, yes. I'll be working for a a Perth um, AI company, tech startup over here. Well, good luck with the move. Thank you. And uh, all the best. And thanks for being the co-host on uh, Startup West. And thank you very much, Nate, for coming in today. Thanks for having me. good luck with it in the future. Thank you. Good luck, Nate. Cheers.